Robinson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet. On the 215. Oh, it's been a minute. You better be ready. Home of the. Woo! Do you write that intro out? Because you, you never miss a beat. It's it's always like right on. You guys have your chemistry. Mm-hmm. It is delivered consistently. Whenever I've done it, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we'll be 25 minutes into the show and we'll finally get to the woo. Like it's it's very inconsistent okay let's just say so like what's what's your secret to the to, to coming off summer break your your mid-season form you thought i'd be rusty is what you're getting at i, I would be yeah no i, I will be I, do i write it out um I, I guess we're three now three seasons into it with you and you still haven't opened up the show notes yeah i got them right here right there I just don't look at them. Right there at the top. <laughs> just right don't there look the at them. It's fine. Hey, I, I, I expected nothing less, honestly, coming yeah. in today. Like I, I figured that we'd get into Darren doesn't Darren doesn't read the show notes, which is totally fine. Darren I'm good prepares, with he just doesn't read the show notes. I, I'm with you there. Like you're spontaneous. <laughs> it's totally fine. Like I'm I'm good with it. But it, to answer your question, do I write it out? Yeah. Yes. Do I pay How do much you do that? Do I pay much attention to it yeah. anymore? No. No, because like huh. I, I don't I don't want to get like super finicky with it i just i wouldn't be able to do that i'm all, i'm huh. always scatterbrained like i would still be talking about kelly mccrimmon coming on the program huh. later on this hour without getting to the finley chevrolet mm-hmm. yeah yep. so, well uh, I Kelly, guess... kelly's gonna be here in just under an hour nice yeah not now in studio he'll be on the phone how'd you swing it uh, I uh, I phoned him up and we had a big long talk and I said, "Hey, yeah. you want to come on the program?" And he said, "I'd love to come on the program. Debut show of yeah. the season. That would be awesome. I, I'd be disappointed if you if you didn't have me on." And then actually got done that rehearsal, mm-hmm. went over and talked to my boss Nate, yeah. and said, "Hey, do you think Kelly would join the program?" And he said, "I'll, I'll check." And he is, he is. He's going to join the program. He's probably joining because your fantasy football team is going to be bad this year. D- the draft is tomorrow. Oh, you haven't done it yet. The draft Ooh. is tomorrow. When did they hold the draft? They scheduled the draft right in the middle of the VGK Insider Show for the second straight year. Oh, wow. Just to try and push me aside What's... and have an easy easy year of it. But I'm the defending champion. Oh, I overcame really? that last year. Look at and you. And I'm looking to uh, to put forward. We've got a couple of new people in the league this year. Mm. And so maybe I will get some uh, some assistance from, from Kelly, who we were in a fantasy football league together way back when. Mm. And uh, he, was, he was a shark. He was good. He was really good. Uh, I'm glad I'm not with him anymore. 
But uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Kelly about what he's done this summer because it's been a really eventful offseason for this franchise. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the Golden Knights right now, and it's a, a very different team than the team that you looked at and saw last year. There's a lot of kind of ins and outs, odds and ends that we're going to have to get to about what Kelly McCrimmon's done so far this summer. But, you know, you, you go all the way back, right, to to the opening of free agency. And then perhaps one of the bigger things was getting Riley Smith re-signed, re-upped for the Vegas Golden Knights on a three-year contract, $5 million average annual value. That's huge. Trading Max Pacioretty, obviously uh, Dylan Coughlin, moving those two players out to kind of allow flexibility yep. with the salary cap to do so. That was, you know, one of those decisions you have to make. You've got to find ways. If you want a player like Riley Smith to stick around, you have to make those those decisions. And at the time, um, you know, doing shows while that was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, the the loss of Max Pacioretty was something that was difficult, I think, for this fan base to swallow. But when you look at kind of the things Kelly McCrimmon's done in the in the interim, like re-upping with Nick Waugh, getting Keegan Colasar signed and under contract as well, um, you know, and now Phil Kessel. Like, to me, some of the moves that Kelly McCrimmon's made over the course of this offseason set the Golden Knights up really well going into next year to get back to the expected place for them, and that is a, a playoff team and a cup contender. I'm a Max guy. Love his release. Yeah. Love the way yeah. he plays the game. Uh, the the writing was on the wall just because of the last year of the contract mm -hmm. and how much cap hit he consumed yeah. uh, with, the, with this franchise. So that's where I could see it happening down the line before it even uh, took place. What I was wondering was how they were going to backfill those goals. Mm -hmm. And and one of the, the the strange things is is Max has never hit 40 uh, in the course of his, his career. There's always been one reason or another yeah. that, that's gotten in the way of that. And now the injury this year is is going to curtail uh, his opportunity to, to hit 40 again. So uh, it's it's you're not replacing a 50-goal guy. Even though the talent is obviously there, like that release, that shot, that accuracy is of a pure goal score. Where do you where do you come up with the the thirty five goals mm -hmm. uh, to to compensate uh, for the loss of uh, a veteran like Max Pacioretty? Well, Phil Kessel will take care of that uh, in in a, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Is he going to score thirty five? No, but it I, I've got him down for twenty. Yeah, twenty plus uh, to the point where I bet the guy across the hall in the mornings uh, <laughs> that 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 will happen. Uh, it's a friendly wager, nothing on the line, uh, no mon I get monetary uh, exchange in in that. But where where does it all come play, come, come around? Uh, is is it Brendan Brisson? Does he step into the lineup? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Security Mananen, uh, like the, coming over from Finland, does does he step in and make an impact? Uh, there's there's been some layers there put mm -hmm. in to help out and compensate for that lack of offense. I, I think the Phil Kessel thing is interesting for me just because it, it was so painfully obvious when you know, you get two, three a week or so, two, three weeks away uh, outside of, on, of unrestricted free agency, and Phil Kessel's still out there on the board. And you look at the Golden Knights roster up and down, you say, okay, if they've got one more winger, right? One more winger proven at the NHL level, one guy that is an absolute horse, you could put him in the lineup, he, he can play, he can put the puck in the back of the net. Phil Kessel just kind of checked that box for me. Now, the other ways that the Golden Knights can make up the goals that are lost with Max Pacioretty now out of the lineup because he was traded is, you know, you look at 
hopefully getting a full season out of Mark Stone, hopefully mm-hmm. getting a full season out of Jack Eichel. Hopefully you get continued progression, the likes of, of which you got out of Nick Waugh or Brett Howden. It, it can be by committee, but perhaps the biggest one is going to be the Golden Knights power play, right? The, right? If the Golden Knights power play is able to hit at about 22, 23%, like you're, you're starting to look at a power play that can help them out rather than be something that leaves points on the board. And, and that really is what it's going to come down to for me. And in replacing those goals, the guys that you talked about, they're going to, they're going to help for sure. Power play is really what it's going to come down to. Well, for the you, s- you said three things. Mm-hmm. Power play is is obvious, mm-hmm. and it can make a huge difference in the regular season, but also in effectiveness in the Stanley oh, yeah. Cup playoffs, which yeah. uh, which we've witnessed the the good and the uh, and the uh, hindrance side of it. But Eichel, like there's there's a desire on Jack's part mm-hmm. to be a real difference maker yeah. this season, and then Phil Kessel, I think being rejuvenated. You may not read much into that uh, as as a listener just uh, driving around going oh, like how much will that really be a motivator? It's huge for Phil. What mm-hmm. he's got the all time Ironman streak within sight. That's if you're telling me that that doesn't mean something, then uh, I, I I'm a disbeliever in what you're saying. <laughs> uh, he may not want to put emphasis on it, but that's going to be uh, a big part of of his season. But then just being back. In the groove, with some intensity in games that matter, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's going to give him some some real juice out there. And the other part is, so that's what Phil's going to give to the to the organization. Mm-hmm. People are going to love Phil. The, you're you're going to see a guy that maybe you can relate to a little bit. I'm looking at Chapman right now. <laughs> uh, 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 that you can that you can look and go, ah, like he's he's a different professional athlete uh, in 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 what uh, his appearance is. But the other the main thing is is Phil. Phil is a fantastically funny, entertaining guy mm-hmm. when 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 you get to know him, and people will will obviously uh, hear from him a lot. And he's got he's got some bite to him. Now, is he going to fight? Never. He shouldn't, but he can get in there and get his nose dirty. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it against Arizona. Oh yeah, uh, with Vegas playing the Coyotes, where he's got into it. Not just the the Stone Garland stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, with with Phil Castle. And I'll go back uh, a ways for you guys. And this is a little bit of story. The first story time of the year for Phil Castle and Castle. There we are. It's story time with Millard. Thank you. See, Chapman got so involved and caught up in the story mm-hmm. that he forgot to play the the liner. No, I just couldn't find it. Just you should have. I, I should roll. With, yeah, yeah. I, I was so anything. caught up in the story. It's it's yeah. so intriguing. Riveted. So here's here's Castle in a preseason game with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. He lines up on a face-off. Mm-hmm. Preseason game. I think it might have been the last one. Hmm. Buffalo Sabres, mm. the opposition. Mm. Who's standing beside him? John Scott. <laughs> big John Scott. The all-star. All-star MVP. Uh-huh. Yeah. A big John Scott. Unit. He's like seven foot nine. No, he's a unit. Yeah. And can destroy anybody. Mm-hmm. And say so they, they're, they're chirping each other. Mm-hmm. So Scott gives him a shove. Phil turns around and gives him a two-hander. Yeah. It's a preseason game. Phil doesn't 
care. He's doing. He's a star player. He's making his millions. What does he care about John Scott? It's a preseason game. But he, he had that type mm-hmm. of engagement to the point where it actually turned out to be a series which <laughs> ruined David Clarkson's career because mm-hmm. Clarkson came off the bench mm-hmm. and got involved and got suspended for 10 games, and he never found his rhythm with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Former Golden Knight legend yeah, David Clarkson. But, yeah, yeah, the contract, right? Uh, the but, but Phil, in a preseason game, gave it right back mm-hmm. to, to Big John Scott. Now, mm-hmm. again, you're not going to see that every night, but if you – Piss him off. Mm. He's gonna stick you, or slash you, mm-hmm. or give it to you a, a little bit. And I almost like in a Marcia so way. Yeah, I like that, I, and I I look forward to it. I don't. I don't. He's not gonna lead hits. In fact, he may be <laughs> the player that throws the fewest hits in the NHL mm-hmm. or gets hit. Yeah, I I saw something about this in the last week. Yeah. Where in total hits, either receiving or giving them, yep. he's at the at the at the 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 very top of the list of fewest. Why would he? <laughs> but but he'll he'll give you a piece of his mind. Nice. And the other part is, I find him f- so funny and 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 really cool to be around. So the thing with Phil Kessel that he kind of speaks exactly to what you were talking about. I, I don't remember if it was last season or if it was in the the uh, shortened season, but. There was a game against the Golden Knights where the Golden Knights were up big on the Arizona Coyotes. And Phil Kessel kind of got into it a little bit in the corner. Maybe it was Alex Petrangelo that he got into it with. I don't remember the, exactly. But there was some stick work, and then Phil Kessel had four assists. Like, from that point forward, there was nothing nothing really that stood out much in his game up until that point until mm-hmm. he felt like he was that someone took a liberty with him. And then, best player on the ice. It, and he'll do that yeah. he, even without you noticing that he's mm-hmm. the best player on the ice. Yeah, he'll play a game, <laughs> and the score will end up five three mm-hmm. in favor of his team. And you know, Phil had Phil had two and one. Yeah, Phil had one and three. Yep, really. He 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 piles up the points and and he's involved. And that power play and that release mm-hmm. and his ability, very much uh, like Patchetti. To be able to hit his spot is huge for this team. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and there's there's just so many places that uh, that as a broadcaster that we can go with Phil and uh, and has fun and, and knowing him a little bit uh, from the past is is going to make it uh, make it fun right off the bat. Yeah, that yes, that leads me to to this question. Yes, you mentioned bite. You also mentioned. The fact that he may may not, may not look like a professional athlete, but uh, you were in well, Toronto not a tradi- with him. Not a traditional. No, no, no. But yeah. you, you were looking at me. I had Nathan's hot dogs for lunch today. So I got to ask you, what's the story with Phil and hot dogs? Like, he likes hot dogs. So that, that's it. There's no like backstory. He just likes hot dogs. No, he likes hot dogs. Now, how did that come out? Like, did uh, someone that was ask in him? Toronto, yeah. They, I believe, and I'm going off memory here. Remember the last <laughs> time you guys saw me? <laughs> I was dealing with some yeah, yeah, mind yeah. fog, like a concussion. So yeah, yeah. there, it's it's coming back. But uh, but I'll reach, I'll reach to my history with Phil. Somebody asked him about his post game routine, and he said he has a couple of hot dogs, and and then it became like urban legend. I don't know whether it's true. I think he's tried to distance himself from that moniker mm-hmm, mm-hmm. per se. 
Like Brian Burke had an actual hot dog stand when he worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> in the rink. So that one I can confirm. Great. Uh, the the Phil thing was brought up. He probably said it as a course of fun, mm-hmm. and then it took off and and became uh, this thing that that's that, followed him around. But that's but one not, hell I like of a post game tradition, though. Like yeah. I, I I like I said, I had hot dogs for lunch today. I love hot dogs. Hey, Wayne Gretzky when he played in Montreal would have a hot dog or two between periods every time. The Chanchel. Like, there's nothing wrong with hot dogs. People people look down at them, use food snobs. There's nothing wrong with a good hot dog. What, what do you guys I, put in your I've hot dogs? I've been told those hot dogs in Montreal are pretty good, too. So I give you a hot dog right now. Here's mm. here's a great bun. Yes. A fantastically grilled hot dog. Mm. Okay. Because the, the, the street hot dogs are great when they're grilled properly. Well, yes. I'm, not, I'm not putting them in water. Ah. I'm not cooking them in water. I'm not cooking them in the microwave or on a pan. I'm, I'm barbecuing them, so grilled. So I give you your bun mm. and your hot dog. What are, you, what are you putting on your? I'm pretty simple. I like the stone ground brown mustard and some sauerkraut. And okay, that's it. Can, can you not just say mustard? No, because like, because you have to be that much. Yes, of yes, yes, because yes. because there's yellow mustard, which my kid likes to put on his hot dogs. But <sighs> I like I like a little more spiciness to my mustard. So I go with the brown, spicy mm. goldens or stone ground, whatever whatever they call it. I, I'm I'm a fan of that. It's like the kind you put on a pretzel, and then a little sauerkraut, a little sauerkraut. That's it. I'm not a sauerkraut guy. Yeah, I, I mean, like sauerkraut's fine, not on a hot dog. Um, <laughs> what? It's, what it's else all, you put on? Bratwurst? For me, it's it's oh really real? Oh yeah, which is just a dressed up hot dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, bratwurst is just a cooler hot dog. Yeah, but I cook that in beer. Yeah, I could eat sauerkraut on its own. Like it's it's whatever it is, what it is. I'm not putting it on a hot dog though. Uh, it's mustard. Mm-hmm. You're welcome and relish. Like that's wow. that's pretty much it. Doesn't need anything else. How yeah. about you there? Uh, uh, relish and ketchup. That's all. Mr. Oh, Mr. Prince Edward ketchup. Island. That's, that's all. Yeah. That's trying to be controversial you. with ketchup. Wait, what do you? Oh, ketchup. Ketchup. You don't yeah. put ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, at least you didn't go with all that weird like mayonnaise and pickles, and it's got to be the poppy seed bun and all that. That's that's no, you're close to, to it with or, your little or specialty mustard. Like you, uh, oh, or chili. chili! You could do chili. Yeah, chili's okay, but yeah. I have to be in the specific ketchup? mood for chili dog. Yeah, and that's disappointing. Oh, uh, will you guys humor me by getting into the goaltending conversation in just a little bit? Oh yeah, because uh, I, I do think. Show number one, and we've got a bunch of shows here uh, because we get uh, leading up to to rookie camp on the fourteenth, so we're inching away uh, towards yeah. that. And then there's a three game rookie tournament uh, in in San Jose, which will carry mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, that stuff. Uh, so Brian McCormick will have the call there. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, rookies, and then on the twenty first, main camp opens. There's a seven game exhibition schedule uh, there. The first one on the twenty fifth against Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then they wrap it up in Boise. It's Boise. Boise. Yeah. You got to say it right. You got to say it like a local. Uh, they wrap up against Arizona. And then opening uh, opening game, uh, October 6th. So uh, looking forward to that uh, against L.A. Home opener is on the Saturday mm-hmm. uh, against uh, Arizona. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you realize how spoiled – We've been. Like we're right? a month out from yeah. opening night. Yeah, which, which you know, ordinarily, like throughout a typical off season, we've been accustomed to as 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 people that report on and talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the longest off season we have ever encountered, and frankly, it's too long. All I want is hockey. All I want are games. 
I, that's what I'm telling you right now. All I want is to get to the 25th, to get into a game, to watch hockey happening in front of me. I cannot wait. Oh, and get an idea of what the division is going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. in where people are picking some teams sure. inside the Pacific Division this year. That includes the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. but then a team like Calgary that's yeah. gone through so much upheaval and change this summer. Edmonton mm-hmm. adding a goaltender. Where's Vancouver? Does L.A.? come back and take another step or was last year their big giant leap and then they settle down for a couple of years. What's Anaheim going to be? San Jose, Seattle, like Seattle was definitely disappointing. Yeah. I I feel like I, you know, I look at at least four or five of those teams. Um, You know, Anaheim's an interesting one. San Jose could be interesting, but I, I don't expect San Jose is going to, to be more than what they were maybe last year, I think they're they're probably a couple of years away from from kind of turning things around. But how bad do you think San Jose is? Um, I think that they're going to be six, seven spot in the division. I do. Do you think they're in the running for Connor Bedard? That would be the first overall pick. No, because Chicago exists. <laughs> yeah, Montreal and Arizona and Arizona. Like, come on. The, what would be funny is if they ended up winning it. Because those those three teams are going to be absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. and it would be funny if San Jose is like respectable. And yeah, I'm just wondering about San Jose. Where where I, do we see them? I don't. The middle I don't square think, bingo card, like mm, bad, or do we see them? Because they've got they've got some good players. They they do, but they're all old, mm-hmm. and and I just I don't know that you know. It, to me, right, you take Brent Burns out of that lineup, which you you do you do be they a trade, yeah. and. I know Eric Carlson can be absolutely dynamic and a game changer, but I don't have any faith that he's going to get through a season no, healthy. He was better last year. He was better last year, but he was still in and out of the lineup. Yeah. It wasn't a regular, you can count on Eric Carlson being an $11.5 million defenseman every single night. You couldn't do it. So Seattle's Logan, out. Logan Couture's old. Tomas Hurdle's old. I think like, he'd find a tooth by now, right? He's got him. He just doesn't wear him when he wear plays him. hockey. Uh, so Seattle and San Jose. Those, to me, are the two teams that are going to be at the bottom of the division, yeah. What about Anaheim? Playoff team? I don't think that they're a playoff team. I think that they're going to be kind of in that next level. I would put Anaheim right, in Vancouver. There. Vancouver? That's the, that's the tricky team for me. That's the tricky team for me because... You think four make it unless there's some goofy crossover. I, the yeah, Central's I, going to be worse I this don't, year. I, I mean, I think the Pacific will be better. The Central will be worse, yeah. but I think it's going to be four and four split. I, Vancouver's an interesting one to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I got JT Miller. I feel like you 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 commit to JT Miller like they just did. I think that this team looks around the Pacific Division and says, "I think we're better than at least four teams here." And with Bruce Boudreau and and what he's been able to do in the regular season, he can coach us into the playoffs. If Thatcher Demko's mm-hmm. as good as he's been, we can find a path to get there. I think Vancouver is an interesting one. It's a really interesting offseason inside the Pacific Division, yeah. including the Vegas Golden Knights, and we'll talk about the goaltending side of it uh, when we continue. Sam and Ash are back. They are coming up in our number one. We'll talk about uh, some controversy involving hockey and LeBron James. We'll get into that, and Kelly McCrimmon still to come on the VGK Insider Show. We're back, baby, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Check out Twitter. It'll be up there in about two minute and a half. Is that really how long it takes? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to talk. It may take longer now because I think I just lost the picture. But as a... Oh, I'm going to post a picture of us in the studio. It's very awkward. It's kind of me. Intentionally so. Yeah, intentionally awkward. <laughs> I enjoy being awkward. Uh, VGK Insider Show, show number one of the 2022-2023 VGK season. Mm-hmm. Training camp starts ooh, less than 10 days with mm-hmm. the rookie camp on the 14th. We are one month away from opening night. For the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, starting in L.A. on the road this year mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in a, a couple of years. Who will play goal for the Vegas Golden Knights in that opening night game? And with Kelly McCrimmon joining us mm-hmm. to lead off hour number two, I'll give you a toonie, a Canadian toonie, if you ask him that. Okay. Okay. You know I'm no stranger to asking questions about goalies. Yeah, true. But uh, people don't like... Hockey people don't like talking about goalies before training no, I, camp. I get it. I hear you. Um, but, it, I mean, if, if, you know, there's money on the line, I'll do it. Tooney, that's like a 85 cents oh. American. Yeah, how much does he owe you, by the way? Because I, I, I've kind of stopped cat keeping track of all the toonies that you owe him. Uh, I'll just keep going until he owes me a lunch. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It'll happen I sometime. think we're already there. Okay. So who's going to start in goal? For opening night. Is that is that essentially yep. the question you're asking me? Yep. Okay, my understanding of what I believe is going to happen is that Logan Thompson has the fast track to being the starting goaltender mm-hmm. to start the season. Opening night, to me, <laughs> Darren just dropped his headphones. Fantastic. Really trying to get the picture here. Uh, my understanding here is that Logan Thompson's going to be the guy. I think that he's got the fast track to being the starter for opening night. I think the work that he did at the end of last year, some of the comments you've heard recently from Bruce Cassidy saying that it's it's really Logan Thompson's job going into training camp to to lose, quote unquote. Like I think that Logan has every opportunity available to him to be the Golden Knights starting goaltender opening night. I do. I do. And and frankly, I think that from what I know of Logan Thompson, he's not going to give that up. Like he's not going to put himself in a position where that's not the case. Well, he's on a mission. Oh, 100%. 100%. And and listen, however you come about your your opportunities, however you come a, about your breaks, you've got to make the most of them, right? As as a player that has come through the ranks like Logan has, I think that this opportunity that's in front of him is one he's going to absolutely relish and take to the full extent that he can come training camp. You mentioned relish. Mm-hmm, I did. That's what I like in my hot dog. Yeah. And Skippy put up a poll. Did? And screwed it up. Uh, yeah, there's two versions of it. Well, I think he deleted the first one. Did yeah, he, he deleted, deleted the, the first, first one. The first poll that you screwed up with sauerkraut? Mm-hmm. All right, good. He's listening to I don't to want you. any of that sauerkraut stuff on my hot dog. Aiden Hill, then you have Laurent Brassois, mm-hmm. and he's coming off uh, procedure. Yep. Sounds like he's, like, right, timeline's tight for the start of the season. Sure. But 
it's there. It's within the realm of possibility. Okay. I'm not I, I'm considering this a three player race, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. A couple of veterans and then Logan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Twenty games in his career, nineteen last year. Yeah. You know, Aiden Hill acquired from San Jose, Laurent Brassois, first year with Vegas last year, yep. and Logan Thompson, a rookie last year, rookie again this year, each won 10 games last year. Yeah. So they're, they're, it feels like they're all starting from the same place sure. in a way. Yeah. I'm with you that Logan has a bit of a step, a slight lead yeah. on Aiden and... Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether it's something where you're taking the time to look behind you to see where everybody is. To me, give him a chance to run with it, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you have a kid in your organization, Logan Thompson, that I think that you know you think might be the next guy. The the you know all of this, of course, because Robin Leonard will be out for the season, double hip. Uh, replacement, unfortunately, there. Um, but like surgery, not double, replacement. double hip surgery. Sorry about that. I need the hip yeah. replacement. I've seen you walking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, double hip surgery. So like, I I look at that and and I say, this is your kind of opportunity to see what you've got with Logan Thompson at this level. So give him the important starts, right? Give him the opportunity to win the job in training camp, and if he does so, give him opening night. Give him that workload. See what you have in that player, and and you know by all by all accounts, you look at what he did last year, keeping the Golden Knights in it. All of those shootouts, all of those opportunities that he gave this team to find extra points to make the playoffs. I think that that accounts for something going into this race in training camp. I do think it's a race. I do think it's going to come down to which of the three. And and how much time Brossois has in camp, and if that's something that you know he's he's going to be a full participant in, or if it's working himself back into it, um, which of the three outperforms the other is going to be the starter. But I think that Logan Thompson does have the fast track there. You've got three very different personalities too. Hmm. Laurent Brossois is very laid back. Yes, like he he's not a a guy who when you watch him. You get the impression that his heart rate gets above 42. <laughs> you wear a heart monitor. I do, yeah. You, you know that's really low. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Hill, very uh, structural goaltender. Uh, his his uh, game is fine-tuned, uh, and he has always wanted this spot but has never – Actually, had a really good team at the National Hockey League level, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he's a guy that uh, that knows the position and is fundamentally almost perfect, mm-hmm. big body, and leans on that. And then you have Logan Thompson, who is polar opposite from both of those guys. And can you be polar opposite from two people who are in different spots? But he he makes the triangle at the far end. <laughs> he is he, he's got flair yeah he's got confidence mm-hmm. uh he he plays the game he's a reactionary mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. there's there's a basis there but he is he throws out those uh right-handed windmills like there there's a, a sale on them and and it's it's that confidence mm-hmm. in him 
that that I may love the most out of his game. I, I think that there's something you can pull from that in in the context of a game, right? When you've got a goalie that's confident, that's making those saves, that's that's acrobatic, that has that flair for the dramatic. Um, Assuming he makes the save, it can absolutely lift the team the same way that a big goal does, the same way that a big hit does, or a fight. So there's there's an intangible there with having that showmanship mm. that I think is is something maybe the Golden Knights want to see more that's a, of. It's a great point. There's there's goaltenders mm-hmm. that will make huge saves. Yeah. And it's right back to let's let's play the next shift. Mm-hmm. Like they almost downplay it. Yeah. Drop the puck. Uh, throw it to the linesman, and away we go. Yeah, I've never talked about this with Logan, hmm. but I think he loves that—that that oh, big save. Yeah. There's a smile on his face, and and he knows I just made a big save, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I think I think that just adds a little bit of swagger and a bit of life uh, in around the. Cr- There's no good way or bad way. In fact, uh, being having the 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 swag around you. Mm-hmm. Is less common than the guy who's just like going about his business, and I, I think it's a it it's a re, it's refreshing. I enjoy it. I I like to have fun. So when you've got a goaltender that has the the flair, not just on the ice, but also in his interviews, because like you talk to Logan Thompson for more than five minutes, you love every minute of yeah. it, right? Like he is a guy that that says what's on his mind. He He's backed it up at every level that he's played. And I think that there's something to to be gleaned from that. Because again, you you, you kind of go through the rigors of an 82-game schedule. You go through the ins and the outs, the ups and downs, all that stuff. You look for an edge any way you can get it. And I think for, for Logan Thompson, a lot of that edge comes from his self-confidence for sure, mm-hmm. but his his flair for the dramatic and living in that moment. Because as you mentioned, like there are goaltenders that'll make that save, and it's just okay. Let's quiet it down. Let's yeah. not lean into it a little. Guys bit. Guys come by, pat his pads, and then everything. Like, he won't even make yeah, eye contact. No, Logan's Logan's in that same spot. He's, he's like, looking at Shea Theodore with a big smile yeah, on his face. A big smile, or he's like, okay, you see what I did here? Yeah. Just wait until the next time. Just wait until that next big save that I make. The challenge that it makes it different this year than last year mm. or two years ago is. He's getting this opportunity. He knows he's getting this opportunity. Yeah. And he is the front runner based on the comments of the head coach. Yeah. So he's not battling and scrapping his way up the ladder anymore. He's at the top of the ladder right now. May not have a sizable lead yeah. on that, but because of what's going on with Robin mm-hmm. and his uh, unavailability and then Brassois having the procedure and, and Aiden coming in, new the organization. How how does Logan handle now being the top guy? Because it is different. And that's the only thing that I could see as, as being a, a slight tweak on last year. So it's an interesting concept, but I don't think that he's viewing it that way in his mind. Right, like I think that you look at it from the outside and you say, okay, I'm coming at it as I think he's the front runner. But I don't think that Logan Thompson's approaching it that way. I think he's approaching it as I have to be every bit as dialed in. I have to make this a no doubter because if I slip up, I'm not getting the opportunity. And I that's just, the I, reality of the situation. I think but that's I, how he views it. I think he he enjoys being the front runner. 
I, I'm sure he does. He's, he's gotten himself to a position where he can be, but I, I still don't think job's done yet. I would never want to be a front runner. Really? Never. That's never not want true. that pressure. Oh, come on. Not a chance. I want to be scrapping and clawing. Some guys can, some guys can do it. Logan, I think really embraces being this front runner. And it's hard to do both. Like Patrick Watt, love being the front runner. <laughs> you didn't get anywhere near his net. In practice, mm-hmm. if there's ever three goalies in practice, you weren't going down and you weren't taking any shots from him, any, any reps from him. Yeah, I, I I, think he wants to be that guy. I think he, yeah. he enjoys th- the fact that he's this close to it. But until he's, he, until he's in that crease opening night, until he's looked at or viewed by everybody as the number one guy, I still think that there's going to be a scrappiness to him. And, and to be fair, like when the news initially broke that Robin Leonard wouldn't be playing and the idea was, okay, you're going to go into the season with Logan Thompson and Loren Brossois, and yeah. then you make the, the, the deal for, for Aiden Hill. I think people are, are just saying, well, you're going to rely on a guy that's only played 20 NHL games. That, that, that's sentiments out there. And, and you want to talk about a player that's going to be motivated to prove everybody wrong. You want to talk about a player that's going to go into this saying, you don't think that I can do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you. It's Logan Thompson. Chapman, I got a story about uh, not don't, don't, don't play, play it yet. It's, <laughs> it's coming up later in, the, in, the, in hour number two about Logan Thompson and my summer oh. and how I crossed paths with Logan in one of the most unlikely scenarios ever. It's, it's kind of a, one of these cool little... Hockey stories. Now that's all coming up, but uh, up next we got Sam and Ash, the Legal Minute. What do LeBron James, Drake, and hockey have in common? We'll explain it next, and then in hour number two, coming up in about 18 minutes' time, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon, will join us, the first guest of the year on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. We got an intriguing story coming up uh, in just a little bit, but first we want to say hello and uh, hey, it's been a long time since we've chatted with uh, Ashley Watkins over at SamAndAshLaw.com. How is your summer? My summer's been hot. Yeah. How about yours? Uh, my number, my summer's been been. Um, what do you call it here on the on the surface of the sun lately? That's what I would call it. Yeah. That yes, yeah. I can agree on that one. Uh, unbelievable! Uh, great to be back with you. Uh, say hi to Tyler over at uh, the firm. Uh, loved uh, the communication with Tyler uh, recently, so that's been that's been awesome. But we got this great, goofy, weird story going on uh, involving Drake, and we've got uh, LeBron James and a lawsuit. Yeah, so it's interesting because it brings together Drake, it brings together LeBron James, and it brings together hockey, which you know is is not necessarily something I expected to to get into today. But here we are. Um, LeBron James and Drake are are being sued for allegedly stealing the rights to a movie about a segregated hockey league in Canada. Uh, The duo is being sued for $10 million by Billy Hunter, the former head, this one's an interesting wrinkle to me, the former head of the NBA Players Union. Hunter claims that he holds the exclusive legal right to produce any movie about this league, and yet... James and Drake, they used their kind of production companies to go behind his back and cut a deal uh, with with the authors of of kind of a book about this. So I guess first and foremost, like 
if I'm missing any major details in terms of this story, please please correct me. But it, it seems like it's one of those arguments over over movie rights where you know you you have kind of a documentary being made. You've got questions about if it's a cinematic movie. Like, is there really any differentiation point between a documentary and quote a movie uh, in terms of dealing with rights? Yeah, so it's a crazy question, and and this is very nuanced, and so I asked one of my friends who's from Hollywood and lived in this world, and he was telling me it's actually very specific when an author, as is the case here, of a story, when you sell the rights to a movie, it's usually very specific. It's either documentary rights, it can be live theater rights, it can also be very broad, and you can buy the rights to cover all media in all forms. And so it's, it will always come down to what the contract said. And so here in this case, the, the NBA Players Union guy is going to have to point to his contract with the author of this story and say, look, you didn't just sell me the movie rights, which would be the dramatic story with a script and actors, you sold me all media rights in all forms, and as a result, you breached that contract when you went around and sold the rights to LeBron and Drake, and they were able to execute and create a documentary. So it's, it could get very sticky if that's how it is, because then what will happen is LeBron and Drake, will now have this, who have this lawsuit, are going to turn around to the author and say, you sold me something you couldn't actually sell me, and I'm in a, in a heap of trouble, so now you owe me money. Sounds like the author is probably in the deepest trouble in this, at least uh, legally, because he he probably could get sued if he if Billy Hunter wins, then Drake will, will get him uh, uh, with a lawsuit. Potentially, absolutely. So if if this author sold the media rights entirely to the former NBA Players Union guy, and then also sold those same rights to LeBron and Drake, who are now being sued for their documentary, it's going to be a big problem. And that's always the interesting thing. It comes down to the contracts. And that's like, think about it. When we're going to buy homes, you go through title searches. You want to make sure that who's trying to sell you the asset actually can, and no one else has any rights to it on that property. Because when you get it, you don't want someone showing up and saying, this is my house. So in, in terms of kind of this case, like how do you see it playing out? Well, how do I see it playing out depending on how specific and detailed these contracts were? Um, lawyers will look at it and demands will be made and there will likely be a settlement. Um, but also, you know, this is a great example of when you're doing something important, get a good lawyer. I mean, this author, all of the people involved here needed a lawyer that could look through these contracts and also make sure that they were protected in the event of a lawsuit. So I, if LeBron and Drake, who I would anticipate have access to the best lawyers around, uh, they would have something in that clause that says, should anyone pursue us legally for these rights, you will cover us. You will indemnify and defend us in that action. So it doesn't matter that Billy Hunter's put in almost three hundred grand uh, towards the author for the media rights. The money doesn't matter. It's, it's strictly this language, whether it includes the documentary, all media rights, or just the, uh, the motion picture rights. Yeah, so if, look, if it was just money exchange, it'll be 
on um, them to prove why they were given this money. And that, and then if you don't have a legitimate contract, it's tricky. So I tell people, when you're doing something like this, make sure it's very clear what you want and what your expectation is and why you're paying this money. And make sure it's very clear because when you make assumptions later on, someone might interpret something different and hear, you know, this Billy Hunter thinks he bought all the media rights, but maybe he just only bought the dramatic story rights and doesn't own the rights to do a documentary. I didn't know there was so a then difference. then he's out of luck. Yeah, I had no idea there was, a, there was a difference there. Uh, I want to touch on one thing that you said, uh, though, Ash. Uh, I don't have any friends in Hollywood. How many <laughs> friends do you actually have in Hollywood that you can lean on? I've got one, and he's a great guy. He actually lives in town. And uh, so I saw this article, and I had to phone a friend, so... That's um, cool. I, but I'll give you I'll give you a fun fact. When I was playing basketball on the East Coast in college, my nickname was actually Hollywood. Really? I was nice. from California because I was from California, and my car had California plates. And apparently, I dressed a little eccentrically for Central <laughs> Pennsylvania, so I had the nickname Hollywood. Ah, uh, that's outside. Was that when you got the uh, <laughs> the, the the ticket uh, when you were when you were out there? Yes, yeah. that was the infamous story. When I got it, I got a ticket, and then I got out of a ticket. So yeah, it was the start and, of my legal career. And started this, and, uh, and now yes. you're my lawyer. This is perfect. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, great to be back with you. Uh, really missed uh, you and Sam, and can't wait to uh, do this every week. Oh, looking forward to it, and I missed you too, guys. Be well. There's Sam and Ash. Uh, Ashley Watkins with SamandAshLaw.com. Uh, 780-820-1234. Give them a call. They are our lawyer. They can be your lawyer as well, and they do an amazing job. Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, coming up on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.